Welcome to the audio podcast of North River Church. You can find out more about North River and ways you can be involved at our website, gonorthriver.org. Maybe you are, you have the gift of sarcasm. Maybe you could change that about yourself, or there's something else, you're quick-tongued, or maybe you get angry really quickly, or whatever it may be. I think for all of us, there are things about our lives that we look at and we think, I want to change this about myself. And if you don't know this or not, one of the largest sections in the bookstore or in the library is the self-help section which says to you, if you want to change this about your life, you can help yourself do that. If you remember where we are in the book of Colossians, there were those who had tried to come into the church in Colossae and essentially say, Jesus is not quite enough to transform your life. You need Jesus plus something else. Jesus plus this extra knowledge, or Jesus plus this extra practice in your life, or Jesus plus this other understanding. If you could have both, then you could live out the Christian life the way that you're intended to live it out. And Paul has been speaking to the church and saying to them, Jesus Christ is enough to live out the life that He's called you to live out. You don't need Jesus plus something else. So last week we talked about the reality that we don't need a list of rules to follow. Now for some of you, you came up to me, you said, I've been trying to tell my spouse that for life. We're not here to follow rules, we're here to break rules. And we said, no, that's not the response either. This morning, Paul is going to continue his conversation on what does it mean to live out the Christian life? How do we actually do that? What about those things in our life that we know don't match God's Word in our lives? How do those things change? Like, do we just pick ourselves up by our own bootstraps and make it happen? Do we just sit back passively and say, God, if you want to change this, you change it? Or is there a partnership of work that God has called us to do and then power that He has given to us for it to actually happen? That's what we're going to talk about this morning. I want to read for us the text, Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 17, and then we will walk back through them together this morning. Paul writes, If then you have been raised with Christ, Seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them away, anger, wrath, malice, 
slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Father, we ask this morning that You would open our eyes that we would be able to see, that You would open our ears that we would be able to hear, that You would open our hearts and our minds that we would be ready to respond to Your Word and to Your Spirit this morning. We ask all of this in Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen. As we look at the text this morning, there's a main idea that will frame our time together as we go verse by verse through Colossians chapter 3, 1 through 17. Here's the main idea. Write this down in your notes. Living out the Christian life is not a passive endeavor. It is an active and empowered pursuit of Jesus Christ. Living out the Christian life is not a passive endeavor. It is an active and empowered pursuit of Jesus Christ. So plainly speaking, you can't just sit back as a follower of Jesus and say, Jesus, change me, and do nothing. And yet, as you look at the main idea as well, you can't just say, well, it's all on me, so I'm going to pick myself up by my own bootstraps. I'm going to grit out living out the Christian life. There is work that we're called to do, as we'll see in the text this morning, but it is always, always, always work that is empowered by the Holy Spirit of God who dwells within us. So this is not just pick yourself up by your own bootstrap Christianity. This is empowered by the Spirit of God at work in us, working together to bring about what should be true in our lives. So as we look this morning, Paul follows up his comments last week, as we saw in the text, with what he's going to say this week. So let's look, beginning in verse 1 of chapter 3, as we look at verses 1 
through 4, here's the first truth that we see there. In the power of the Holy Spirit, we should seek after and set our minds on things that are above. Seek after and set our minds on things that are above. Notice how Paul says it in verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ. So Paul's conversation with this group of believers is contingent on the fact that they have trusted Jesus as their Savior. That they have been taken out of the kingdom of darkness and transferred in the kingdom of light because of Christ's sacrifice for them. So these are Christians that he is writing to, which, let me just say to us this morning, remind us as we look at the text that you don't become a Christian by doing good works. You become a Christian by believing in who Jesus is, that He is the Son of God, that He came to this earth and died on the cross for our sins, that He paid for them on the cross, that on the cross He died and was buried and rose again on the third day, securing for us salvation so that we can have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. That is how we are saved. And so here this morning, Paul says then, if you have been raised with Christ, if you have been saved, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. He follows that up in verse 2, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. See, the two phrases that Paul uses there, set Your minds and seek the things, Paul is specifically talking about the two actions of our will. One, very plainly, is to set our minds, to think on the things that are above. But the first part is to set our affection, set our heart on things that are above. So these two things coupled together, our hearts, what drives our affections, And our minds, the things that drive our will. So Paul here is looking at these believers and saying to them, if it's true about you, that you have been raised with Christ, that you are a follower of Jesus, that you have been given a new heart, Paul says then, you seek after and set your mind on things that are above. Now what's the question here? What are those things that are above? Well, it's the heart and the priorities of our Heavenly Father. So the things that God is seeking to do in the world around us are the things that our hearts should be warmed by and our minds should be focused on. So here's a simple question for us this morning. What pleases the heart of God in this world? What are the things that we look at and we say, that is what God is most interested in? Is God most interested in your bank account? No. Is God most interested in your kids making the team? No. Is God most interested in your kids making A's? My mama's here, she'd say amen to that. 
What's God most interested in? God's most interested in a relationship with us. God's most interested in a relationship with your kids. God's most interested in His plan and purposes in the world. And for us, if we're not careful, we won't really think about that a whole lot. And those are not necessarily the things, if we're not conscious about it, that warms our heart. In fact, that's the problem that we all face as believers is that this world is constantly throwing at us things that should occupy our minds and things that should warm our affections. And all too often, those things are not godly things. In fact, many of those things are so far from the heart of God that in the grand story, they don't even matter. And yet this morning, Paul is looking at this group of believers who many of them were facing those coming into the church and saying that you just need more. You need more understanding. You need more knowledge. You need more spiritual practices. You need more than Jesus. And Paul, looking at these believers, says to them, Jesus Christ is enough. And when Jesus Christ is enough, when He is all that our heart desires, when He is all that our minds are truly focused on, that's what Paul's trying to get across to these believers. Now, here's the question for you this morning. Wouldn't that just be really dull? I mean, wouldn't it be dull that all you think about is godly things? Would it be dull that all you are really focused on are things that warm the heart of God? I mean... We look at that and we think, but, but Michael, there's so much more in this world. I mean, there's football, right? I mean, there's sports, there's jobs, there's kids that are involved in activities. I mean, all those things are important things, right? Yes, they are important things, but they're not the important thing. And Paul driving home to these believers here is trying to get their minds and their hearts focused in on the main thing. And that is their relationship with Jesus Christ. So this morning he says to them, if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Let your heart's affections be driven by the things that God is most concerned about. Let your minds be focused on, seek your, set your mind on the things that are above. Let your minds be focused on the things that are most important to our Heavenly Father. Now, how do we do that, though? I mean, is that just simply turn off the TV? Well, it may be. I mean, is it simply just don't worry about any of the other things? Is it just kind of step back for a little bit and kind of become a a monk or a nun and just kind of hole up and all you're doing is what God's called you to do. You're not worried about anything else on the outside. It's, It's not that, though some Christians in centuries past have thought, if I could just step away from the world, then everything would be okay. And yet, what you realize Paul's saying here to this group of believers is that the things that are important to the heart of God should be important to us. Meaning that if we 
invest our lives, if we invest our affections, if we invest our minds on the things that are most important to the heart of God, then we will inevitably grow in our relationship with Him. But let's be honest as well. If we invest our affections, if we invest our minds on things that really have very little eternal value, we will not grow closer in our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And so as we look at Paul's encouragement here, we put it in the context in verse 3. How do we do this? He says in verse 3, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Our identity in Christ drives all of this. Which reminds us that we are not dependent solely on our own power. In fact, we are dependent on the power of the Spirit of God who is at work within us. When we look and we say, gosh, how in the world am I supposed to get my affections to be solely concerned about what God's desires are? How do I get my minds to be so focused and fixed on what God is most concerned about? In our own strength, you we can't. Doesn't happen. But as the Spirit of God is at work in our lives, making us new, more like Jesus Christ, then that is exactly what happens. We start to begin to realize that things in this world that we really think are of utmost importance probably aren't. Let's just be honest. It doesn't really matter if our team wins or not. Especially if they lose yesterday, right? But I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it really is not that important. It's really not that important for your kids to get a college scholarship to go play sports. What's of primary importance is if your kids know Jesus. It's really not as important whether you get that promotion at work that you really want. What's of primary importance is that your focus is using that opportunity wherever God has placed you to reach people for Jesus. What's most important is not that you have a great house. What's important is that you know your neighbors and you're sharing Christ with them. You see, that's where the shift takes place for us. When we see what the heart of God most desires to take place in our lives, and we realign our minds, and we realign our affections, so that that is what is most important for us. That's what Paul is driving at here. As we continue on in the text this morning, we're going to see Paul encouraged once again in the power of the Holy Spirit, we should put to death things that are earthly in us. Look with me beginning in verse 5. Paul says here, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. The ancients used to use this phrase, mortify the flesh. 
Now, how exciting does that sound? But that's essentially what he's saying there, to put to death what is earthly in you. And he's going to list things for us. Sexual immorality, put to death. Impurity, put to death. Passion or lust, put to death. Evil desire, put to death. Covetousness or greed, put to death because it's idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. Notice what he says in verse 7. In these, you too once walked. So Paul says, this used to be what you were doing. Before you met Jesus, before your lives were transformed, this is what characterized your life. But no longer should that be characterizing your life because you are a new creation in Christ. So actively, we are to put to death those old things. He continues in verse 8, But now you must put them all away. Anger, put to death. Wrath, put to death. Malice, put to death. Slander, put to death. Obscene talk from your mouth, put to death. Do not lie to one another. Put lying to death, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Paul lists for us a number of things in those verses. Things that used to characterize our lives prior to meeting Jesus. Things that our flesh desires to do. And Paul says, because you are a new creation in Christ, the Spirit of God dwells within you, but your flesh is still there. We're still in our earthly bodies. And our earthly bodies crave things that are not godly. And Paul says, you don't just sit back and think, well, maybe God's just going to take care of this. But we are active with the Spirit of God renewing us daily of putting to death those things that are of the flesh. So as we look here, what we recognize and we see is that Paul is emphasizing the reality that if we are not constantly on guard as believers, putting to death the things of the flesh that he described, then we will never experience victory in the Christian life that He intends for us to experience. Now the question would come in, then, I mean, like, is that a once and done deal? Like, if we can get all those things dead, like, can we just move on? No. Those are things that we are constantly battling. The flesh we are constantly battling as believers. I, I heard someone describe it like this, and it's a terrible description. But I want to share it because you may have heard it as well. We see it play out in cartoons all the time. Where maybe Tom and Jerry, where you got kind of the devil on one side and the angel on the other, trying to decide which one are we going to do. Like as if there are two natures within us that are at war with each other. And that's not the case. Because as believers, the old nature is done away with. And we've been giving a new nature, a new spirit. The Holy Spirit of God who dwells within us. 
But remind yourselves that we are still in the flesh. We still have bodies that are not redeemed yet. Meaning that we still battle these things that are described here. And for us as believers, we have to take action against them. In the power of the Holy Spirit of God at work within us to put to death those things that are of the flesh. Which for us is a daily battle. It's daily responsibility, a daily calling on our lives. Christ says it this way, that we are to pick up our cross and follow Him. But here's the reminder for us. If we are a new creation in Christ, and if we are allowing the things of God to warm our affections, and if we are allowing the things of God to be the things that we are focused on in our minds, then taking action against the things of the flesh is going to be a natural response of worshiping God with our lives. And so Paul here this morning is encouraging these believers to take action against the things of the flesh that rear their ugly head in our lives. So the question for us, what are those things of the flesh that we need to go to war against in our lives? What are the things here that Paul describes that we look at that list and say, gosh, I struggle with that. Gosh, that's something that is in my life that I need to go to war against. That's the picture. It's not just looking and going, well, I hope it gets better. It's looking and saying, i got to kill that. I've got to go to war and take that on in the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul continues on here. He reminds us that the strength to do this is not based on anything other than Christ in us. Verse 11, here then, there is not Greek and Jew. Because if you remember, some who had infiltrated the church with false teaching were trying to say, if there are certain things true about you in addition to Christ being in you, then that will help you live out the Christian life even better. And Paul says it's not that. It doesn't matter if you're Greek or Jew. It doesn't matter if you're circumcised or uncircumcised. If you're a barbarian or a Scythian, if you're slave, if you're free, none of those things come into play as long as Christ is in you. If Christ is in you, then the power is in you to put to death the things of the flesh. But Paul continues in verse 12, it's not simply setting our hearts and our minds on things that are above. It's not simply putting to death things that are earthly in this. He continues verses 12 through 17, in the power of the Holy Spirit, we should put on things that are heavenly in us. Notice verse 12, Paul says, put on them. Some of your translations probably say, clothe yourselves then. That's the picture that he is painting here, as if we put a jacket on. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Notice as he lays out for us these things. Put on compassionate 
hearts. Put on kindness. Put on humility. Put on meekness or gentleness. Put on patience. Bear with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, put on forgiveness. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all of these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So Paul says here, it's not just enough to put to death the things that are earthly in us, the things that are of the flesh. But we also are to take action, empowered by the Holy Spirit at work within us, to put on those things that he described here. And just look at the list there. Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, forgiveness, love. Peace, all of those things for us as believers should be characteristic of our lives in Christ. Now we look at that and we have to frame it in the context of verse 12. Why should this be true of us and how is it even possible for these things to be true in our lives? Paul says, as God's chosen ones who are holy and beloved. Again, Paul is tying our attention not to the things that he's calling us to do, but our identity in Christ. What makes it possible for us to have compassionate hearts? Christ in us. What makes it possible for us to have kindness come out? Christ in us. What makes it possible for us to have meekness? Christ in us. What makes it possible for us to have patience, to have love, to have peace? It is Christ in us. Remember, none of this that He's outlined for us is you in your own power and your own strength pick yourselves up and do these things. All of it is tied to the reality of Christ at work in our lives. There's a responsibility that we have to put to death and to put on certain things empowered by the Holy Spirit of God at work within us. So if we want to live out the Christian life that God has called us to live out, it will be in the power of the Spirit of God at work within us, leaning into our identity of Christ, righteousness covering us, and taking action, setting our affections on the things that God is most concerned about. 
Setting our minds on the things that God is most concerned about. Putting to death the things that are of the flesh that are at war in our lives. And putting on the things that are heavenly that are at work in our lives. See, the reality is, for us as believers, that action coupled with the power of the Holy Spirit at work within us, coming together, makes it possible for us to grow and mature and strengthen our relationship with Jesus Christ, to live out the Christian life that He's called us to live out. It's not pick yourselves up by your own bootstraps. There's no self-help book that's going to make it happen. It's the power of God at work within us and our action along with that that makes it possible. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. We're thankful this morning for the reminder that everything that you have called us to do in the Christian life, you've called us to do not in our own strength and our own power, but you've called us to do it in your strength and in your power. Father, this morning there may be those who are sitting here that have never taken the step of trusting Jesus Christ as their Savior. And maybe they came in this morning thinking that what you're most concerned about is us doing good things. Doing right things. Doing moral things. And the reality this morning is it's impossible to do that apart from a relationship with you through your Son, Jesus Christ. And so this morning, Father, I ask you if there are those here that have not taken that step of trusting in Jesus as their Savior, that they would see Jesus for who He is. That they would believe what He did for them on the cross and taking their sin and paying for it there. And that they would trust in His work and His resurrection. That they would receive eternal life this morning. Father, for us who are believers who have taken that step, would you remind us this morning that you've not called us to pick ourselves up by our own bootstraps. You've not called us to grit it out, to try to manufacture growth spiritually in our lives, but you have given us the blueprint of how that's possible with your spirit at work within us. Father, help us to take the steps that you've called us to take. That through the power of the Spirit, that we would allow our affections to be driven by the things that most concern you. That we would allow our thoughts to be focused on the things that most concern you. That the things of the flesh in our lives that war against the Spirit, we would actively in your power put those to death. And the things that should be characteristic of our lives as believers, that through your power we would put them on. That we would grow. That we would mature. That people would see us and see Christ in us.
We ask that in your son Jesus' name. Amen.